Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Tyler and Katrina had a chance to preview the new Pixar Pier at Disney California Adventure, including the new Lamplight Lounge. They're going to tell us all about that. We're going to take a look at the new Tiki mugs on uh, that are available at Trader Sam's, and we're going to discuss the differences between MaxPass in Disneyland and FastPass Plus at Walt Disney World. All that coming up next. From the Bob Rowley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, episode 732 for the week of June 25th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. The experts at Dreams will help you with all your Disneyland reservations and all at no additional cost. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined, as always, by my co-host back on the controls, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello, hello. And out in California, Mr. Tyler Crouch. Well, hey, everyone. Nope. <laughs> there he that is. That was not Tyler. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tyler Crouch and Miss Katrina Manzoni. Hi, everyone. So, welcome. Hope you guys are having a good week. And we, I want to dig right in because um, we're recording this uh, right. Uh, Pixar Pier just opened. Um, so, uh, when this goes up on Monday, uh, we're going to have a lot more stuff uh, on, our, on our site about it. So, you can check out all our coverage on uh, Pixar Pier at uh, youtube.com slash disunplugged. Or on the Diz at www.info.com slash Disneyland. But uh, Tyler and Katrina got a preview last night of what's on offer at Pixar Pier. And why don't you guys just start out telling us what you got a chance to do? Oh my gosh, everything. They were so nice and they opened up all of Pixar Pier to us. uh, And we got to go in the knickknacks and we got to ride the Incredicoaster. Um, and then we got to see like Pixar Pal around. They had the free games uh, to play. We couldn't win prizes yet, not until the 23rd. But um, Tyler, like you rode the Incredicoaster. I, I was too scared. But yeah, and I think the Incredicoaster is definitely a highlight, along with Lamplight Lounge. Um, I mean, they opened it up to, to everything that they had available. Bing Bong's Confectionery is still not ready yet. Um, and also the Jesse's, uh, the carousel that they have there is, is also still under construction. So, you know, it was one of the best events I've ever been to because they were just ready to give us everything. We got to try all the food, too. So, well, a so couple, yeah. A couple things I, I, I want to mention. One thing is that uh, not coming back as planned on the 23rd is World of Color, correct? There's been a technical issue. Yeah, so apparently uh, something has happened. I don't know, something uh, unplanned has, has gone awry, and and apparently it's not coming back until, like, late 2018 now. So if you had plans to go see World of Color this summer, you know, you know you'll have to stick with Fantasmic or the fireworks or something, which is not a bad thing. I, I, I love those shows. Um, but, yeah, World of Color is sadly delayed, so... 
Yeah, I that was that was really because I'm heading out there uh, Sunday, and uh, I was so hoping that World of Color was going to be back because I absolutely love that show. But uh, now, t- t- Tyler, talk to me about the Incredicoaster. This uh, now, you know, for those who are not familiar, this was really just a retheming of Par- what was Paradise Pier at California Adventure. Um, they California Screaming, yeah. Well, I'm just saying in general, oh, all of right, Pixar yeah, Pier right. is a retheming of what was once Paradise Pier, um, and and the same is true with the Incredicoaster that was California Screaming. Uh, what changes have they made to the attraction to, to make it the Incredicoaster, and was it worth it? Yeah, so they they've added a whole entire storyline. I briefly touched on it uh, last time we talked about Incredicoaster, but it's that there's a there's a new roller coaster that was built for the Incredibles as like a thank you for saving the city multiple times and and they are there on the grand opening and of course Edna Mode is going to be babysitting Jack-Jack and of course Jack-Jack uses all of his uh, amazing superhero powers to escape and cause a big riot so it's actually you going through uh, the roller coaster and having uh, every single family member trying to get Jack-Jack you know, back. And so ev- basically every time you go into a tunnel, you'll see a new family member. They'll be, uh, they'll be dealing with Jack-Jack. He'll be like on fire or turning into goo. So I actually think it's really fun. And, and the music is, is uh, pun intended, incredible. I, I really did like the the music change up because before it was it was just a uh like a, a circus heavy metal thing and now it is like the beautiful kind of jazzy stuff that you hear from the incredibles movies um and uh yeah to me i really did like the upgrade it makes that ride a lot more fun to me uh i was hoping there would be some like animatronics like they showed some concept art of Edna Mode and stuff and I was hoping that she would be like an actual animatronic unfortunately they are just static figures um but I don't think that takes away from the fun very much it 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 really is a good time uh and they've added like a little intro video to the queue and everything that you can watch it's a couple minutes long and is so it, it's is it a, is it a significant difference from the previous attraction I mean, in terms of story and music, yes. It, but it, but in terms of the roller coaster, no. It's exactly the same roller coaster. It does all the same stuff. They didn't change the track at all. Um, but it has the fun little like if you you know if you, the first time you do it, it's it's kind of a new discovery because um, you know it's just a, you get to see how all the Incredibles are using their powers and. And uh, it's actually it's actually fun too. Like they're trying to lure uh, Mr. Incredible's trying to lure Jack Jack with a cookie, and you actually can smell cookies while you're going by. So hmm. it's like a lot of little fun details like that. Um, and and I think it improved the ride greatly because I thought honestly that California Screaming was a little bit boring uh, in terms of just theming and stuff. Uh, I mean, it was a fun ride and everything, but there was nothing Disney about it, if that makes sense. And well, wasn't um, that a big problem with most of uh, California Adventure for a long time that it really wasn't Disney. Um, and oh yeah, definitely. Was, I mean, and they've definitely doubled down on making that Disney. Uh, they've doubled down on just uh, Disneying up the whole entire place. So uh, I think it's you know I we'll get to it later, but I think that everything they've done at Pixar Pier is actually an improvement. So 
Okay, um, we'll talk about what else has been done. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look around, it's just, it's like basically the small details. I mean, you have like the Incredibles neighborhood, um, which, which is just, it just has that kind of, I don't know how you would, it's not art deco, but the modern art style just everywhere. Oh, hold on. That, um, what do you mean by neighborhoods for people that might not understand? Yeah, make sure we're explaining. Okay, so each, so Pixar Pier is going to be broken up into four different neighborhoods, basically, and it has the Incredibles one, there's a uh, Toy Story area, there's the, there's like the main just Pixar area, which is going to kind of lump together a bunch of different Pixar properties, you know, including like the shorts, like La Luna's in there. And then also there's going to be the Inside Out neighborhood, the which... Pixar Promenade. The, the Pixar Promenade is the middle area there. But yeah. the Inside Out... Uh, Inside Out Headquarters, I think they're calling it. That's basically hasn't even begun yet. So that's the one area that is that is still under wraps. Bing Bong is still closed. They're going to bring a ride over. From well, Bugs explain Land to people what Bing Bing Bong is. Uh, Bing Bong is the is the it's the candy shop. It is going to have all sorts of treats that um, have not been at the Disneyland Resort before, with uh, with little cake pops that are going to change all the time based on you know which character they feel like. Uh, they feel like putting out so they showed a picture of like buzz and woody cake pops and then they also are going to have a bing bong apple um and they're going to have um unicorn uh, lollipops that you're going to be able to put can uh, cotton candy on um i saw the so slushies too like rainbow slushies <clears throat> yeah, yeah yeah i mean there's going to be all sorts of new treats and and it and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun but that building is still highly under construction so uh it was a little bit of a bummer that Kind of at the last minute, we found out that uh, it wasn't going to be opening with the pier because that seems like it's going to be a really big draw. Do we have uh, do do we have a date when that's going to open? Summer twenty eighteen or uh, twenty eighteen for Bing Bong. So they're not sure. It says late summer, so end but, of end of August, beginning of September. You know, when we talk about the differences between world and land, it, not that we don't do like special treats and stuff, but. You know, they take it to a whole nother level out there, uh, you know, and, and these with, you know, the kind of uh, cake pops and cupcakes and candies and confections that they create, it's just taken to a whole nother level. It's also, you know, when I was out there a few weeks ago and you had the uh, uh, the, the the ice cream, I forgot the name of it, the ice cream place right there as you're coming on to Pixar. Clarabelle's? Um, no, the snowman. Oh, the adorable Snow snowman. And the line, because they had a special ice cream, this line oh, yeah. stretched all the way down, like down onto the boardwalk. <laughs> and it's like, wow. And this is this is for ice cream. Um, but that's like one of those differences that there's just, I don't know if it's the the volume of them or just, I don't know why it is that they seem to resonate so much more out there. Than they do out here. They make their food Instagram pretty. That's why. So like everybody wants it because they want the photo. They want to take the photo of the picture. They want to be able to first be the first people to have it, but they want to be the one they they see the cool photo and then they want to take it. Like with the lemon and um, what's the blue flavor? Blue raspberry? Like lemon and yeah, I think blue. it's a, like a blue. It's like a blue raspberry. Their float, whatever yeah. that one specialty float that they have. Yeah, and I feel like they, you guys, really make a point of like, oh, here it is. Like you guys share your love in a very photogenic way. 
you know, um, because food doesn't immediately um, dissolve because of the humidity and stuff like that here, like it does here sometimes. That is very true. And I did, I was able to try it because the line of it has been so long to get that treat. And yesterday I was finally able to get it and and it was okay. The The lemon flavor <gasps> is very strong. It is like, I it's like lemon. a smack in the face lemon. And uh, I did get it snow capped with the white chocolate. So that kind of helped out a little bit, but they do have floats as well. So I think that kind of helps with um, the line too, because there's all these different flavors that you can get for the sodas, and then you can add it with the flavors of ice cream that they have. Hmm. All right, so tell me what else. What else is different at Pixar Pier? What did you get to experience yesterday that was new? Yeah, so, I mean, sticking with the food right now, the, the all the snacks that we got to try, they're all themed to each different uh, area. I mean, they have, uh, they have the chicken, they have the, like, the chicken palace, which is is a nod to a Toy Story short, uh, one of the one of the cartoons they came out with, and it and it's basically like a Happy Meal place. Like you you order you get your chicken and it's and I thought it was gonna be like chicken tenders, but it ended up being uh, like drumsticks, like like chicken wings. So uh, it was actually well not chicken wings but drumsticks, you know, and uh, and they they were actually really good and and you get a little like Happy Meal box with it and everything, um, <laughs> and I thought that was super fun. It's nice that they included the theming throughout. Uh, they also have uh, brand new churros from Senor Buzz. And the Caliente they, one. They have a Caliente churro and a Cinnamon Sugar Galaxy churro. The Cinnamon mm -hmm. Sugar Galaxy churro, <clears throat> sorry, is the same churro, but it has like new kind of colored specks in it. And then the Caliente churro is like a, like a red hot. It tastes like a red hot. And, and, and circling back to my comments earlier, uh, again, like churros, Churros are not a thing here. I mean, well, we have them, but they're just churros, and we don't, you know, it's just churros. And you guys, first of all, you do all these like crazy things with churros, all these great flavors and different variations of them. And again, lines, 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 lines. Especially we love our when, churros. What, what is with that? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell. I honestly don't know. Like, like Rhino said, kind of, it's just... A cool new uh, take on a churro, and and everybody falls for it. I think that's kind of what it is. Well, I was looking at the there was like a list that came out that you can follow along with that. Like um, I don't know if it's Disney Parks blog or if somebody had it. It was like on Instagram and Twitter, um, and it was like showing just all the food that you have in your two parks for this Pixar Pier thing. And it was like four different full size maps that were like the churro map that we did when we did the AP churro challenge. That if you are interested in what that is, you can look at our um, YouTube channel at youtube.com slash unplugged for that video. But um, we, I was looking at that and I was just thinking like I was in the Magic Kingdom yesterday and they're doing the incredible summer. And I was just like, man, these uh, these banners look really cheap. They look like something that my town would have put up of, of like 12,000. And we were celebrating like Old Home Day and we had the, those banners up. And, and you'd be like, wow, these banners have held up real good over the last 10 years, you know. But it, it just <laughs> it like and I thought like, OK, our example is, OK, they have two photo, two or three photo meet and greet areas. We have banners, and then we made a mozzarella sandwich that looks like a heart attack that we called, um, like, the Elasta sandwich or something like that. And I was like, boo. So Sounds you, really you, great. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you guys get a lot more 
your palate that you can cater to. I don't know. People just get into it more there, I guess. And I'm very always very jealous well, of that. Well, when we talk about the differences between world and land, you know, it, it's easy to talk about, you know, the physical differences in terms of, you know, how Disneyland Park is so you know different in many ways from our Magic Kingdom and you know the things that you have at California Adventure, but so much more of the difference is found in the nuance and the other details. So like when we talk about you know the churros and the cake pops and the confections that you guys do, there's a whole culture around it there that is completely different than what we have here. Part of that driven by the fact that Disneyland is really more a locals park. Not that it doesn't have a lot of tourists, but it's very much a locals park in, way, in a way that that world is not. So part of the experience, I think, for Disney World fans going out there is kind of experiencing some of these things that we may have here, but it takes on a whole different tone and flavor, no pun intended, um, when you go out there. So like I said, we have churros here, but when you're out there... There are all these options and different things. And I don't know. For me, the stuff seems to taste better. Do they do a better job in Disneyland with that stuff than we do here? Oh, a thousand percent better. Ours is never like... it's. There, Ours is more mass-produced, isn't it? Ours is yeah. really just feels like it was done in a factory somewhere where, I don't know, for some reason it, you get the feeling... It's industrial. Yeah, it's more industrial here, exactly, where it feels like it's somebody craft. was back in the kitchen... Yeah crafting it exactly, exactly. Isn't, yeah isn't that the case in disney world I, I i i was under the assumption that they did create basically giant kitchens to provide food to multiple locations well in fairness though in fairness you know we have probably four times the traffic at world in a year than you get at land so it's yeah. the dynamics are different the, the 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 infrastructure is different so i'm not i don't want to be unfair when i say that in order to do some of this stuff they absolutely need to uh they absolutely need to uh you know do it more industrial but again that's one of the one of the benefits of going out and visiting all right i don't want to stay on that tangent too long uh talk to me about lamplight lounge uh, oh. arguably the most anticipated opening now previously this was uh the cove bar um and very popular and people were very upset when it closed and it has now been redone and reopened as the Lamplight Lounge. So talk to me about that, because that I'm really excited about. I mean, just even walking in, you kind of get excited because all around there, there's like a like walls and there's like a photograph. But around the photograph are like little illustrations that kind of represent that photo. So if you look at Slinky Dog around it, it's like a little game board. And, and it's just really cool. It looked like someone just like went around these paintings and just drew around it and then the chandelier is full of, uh, you know, art drawings from all Pixar movies. And then when you go downstairs, it's just, it's just, it's really, it's, well, I, I don't know, like, out of this world, you know, it's, it's cool and laid back. And it's just like these it, animators put their heart into it's it. It's supposed to be like animators, a hangout thing, right? For them, like they were, it's it, the, the theming is like, it's animators who like are, done for the day and this is kind of where they went to like hang out or something like that is that what it's supposed to be yeah it, it is it is definitely a converted it's like supposed to be a converted warehouse that then pixar animators go and hang out at so like even when you get coasters for your drinks and stuff the coasters all there's like six different coasters and they all have illustrations for you know from different pixar artists on them 
and then one of them is blank so that you could create your own illustration and they can steal it from you someday. Um, <laughs> um, but, did you take them all? No, I we, did. Tr we tried to get as many as we could. Yeah, we, we I were. I think we did like... get them all throughout the day. Uh, yeah. Though, like our server was really awesome because I, I was like stupid and I put my drink on a coaster. Oh, and... who does that? <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, because I really wanted the green alien. And so she went around uh, all around the bar area to try to find me the green alien coaster. And that was really sweet. Um, but they uh, I mean, if you ask, they'll try to find it for you. But um, just the drink menu alone is massive. Uh, yeah. And then in the drink menu, there's like the last page is specialty beers just for the bottom area only. So oh. they kind of entice you to make reservations for downstairs if you're a beer drinker to go downstairs and try it. So, now, okay, explain this to me. There's an upstairs and a downstairs? Yeah, so actually the downstairs is, is where Ariel's Grotto used to be, and they've ripped out Ariel's Grotto and put the downstairs there, and that is where you can get your reservations and your meals. But then up where the Cove Bar used to be, upstairs... Um, that, that is only going to be for smaller bites. I mean, they're of course going to have like the, the world famous, like lobster nachos up there. Um, $20 now, excuse they you, Disney. They, they, <laughs> but I will say they raised the prices of the lobster nachos, but, um, they did make the portion more in line with how they started. Okay. So well, hold, hold, hold on a second. I want to make sure we're clear here for people. So, um, there's a certain menu, uh, upstairs where the Cove bar used to be. And Correct. there's a different menu, and that's more tapas and drinks and things like that. Downstairs, where Ariel's used to be, is now uh, a, a full-service dining. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like a gastro pub. So there's going to be like entrees and uh, and bites. But the entrees, I think there's like four. It's not a like a full huge menu. Well, it's, it's just it's more than four, but but it's, like it's probably like eight or something. But I mean. But it's gonna. The main difference is that you cannot get the entrees at Cove Bar. Other than that, it's gonna be the same menus. So just no entrees at Cove Bar. It's gonna just be the appetizers. So the entrees and the beer selection. That they have an yeah. exclusive beer selection down there as well. Interesting. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. So tell me about what you had and what you thought of it. Uh, Disney was really nice. So they let us try whatever we wanted. So I pretty much wanted like every appetizer on the menu that I could eat gluten free. Uh, we did get the lobster nachos cause we had to, mm -hmm. uh, and then we did get, and honestly it was fantastic. The portion sizes are a lot bigger. Uh, and I feel like they made it spicier. Uh, mm. I don't know if that was just me, but I feel like the crema they made was a lot spicier. And then, uh, we got the carne asada sushi roll. Oh, my favorite. It was, uh, carne is like, so steak and avocado peppers wrapped up, um, in like sushi style with uh, let, like like seaweed and rice. Uh, and then on top they put serrano peppers on it, but I feel like it needed more spice, right Tyler? It just it was missing something. Yeah, it definitely was missing something. It was it was a little bit bland. Uh, like, and I was, I was thinking it could, you know, even just use a little bit of wasabi or something, which is, you know, wasabi is Japanese horseradish and I, I don't know, I feel like it would go well together, but um, you know, something like that, soy sauce. I mean, they did have soy sauce, but we just didn't uh, ask for it. So, um, it yeah, that one, that one is, it was good, I thought, but it wasn't something that I would go there for mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, the, the, I think the winner appetizer for me personally is the potato skins, which are basically just like 
fried little crushed potatoes that that um, has a paprika aioli on one side and a tangy like yogurt sauce on the other side. A uh, brown caper. butter caper yogurt. Yeah, brown exactly. Brown butter caper mm. yogurt. So like a with a you... manchego cheese on top. And, and when you mix it all together, it is like it is amazing. That's that was probably my favorite thing that we ate there. Um, what and about then, the crispy piggy wings? That's what I was about to say. And then the oh. last thing was the crispy piggy wings, and they were I mean they were sweet. They were they were spicy. They were kind of gingery, and you could taste the soy. And uh, it had some um, some uh, sesame seeds on top and. That was really good. It was basically like having a chicken wing, but it was pig, you know, instead. Oh, pork. So, you mean pork? Um, yeah. That's yes, the word pork. you're looking for. A little more appetizing when you call it pork <laughs> as opposed to, oh, I'm eating pig. Um, <laughs> one in the same. I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, the, the appetizers were killer. I mean, pretty much everything we had, you know, even, even like I said, the steak rolls were good. They weren't fantastic, but. Um, Here's the important question. All, oh, sorry. Important question. Do they still have a secret drink menu or no? Or would they not tell yes, you? Yes, they do, but it's it's the same one as always. We did ask. There's nothing new for a Lamplight Lounge. She oh. actually brought out her little secret menu. Her little card. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. She did yeah. not mention the fun wheel. They said that some of the drinks they do have to change a little bit because the bar is slightly different. Um, so they didn't have the fun wheel on the secret list. I don't know if that means they can't make it or if or if they've just changed it up, but... Well, for you can still get things like the sea witch and the, the black and pearl. The, yeah, right? is it black pearl? The Neverland. The so whatever, I can't remember the Neverland. The Neverland punch or something it's called. Um, uh, I for for people who may not be aware, Disneyland, uh, Disney World was like trying to do this. They're not really doing it as expansively, but you, uh, there's they'll do a lot of things there where they have like off menu items that you can find that and and the Cove Bar was infamous for having you know like six seven or eight drinks that were secret menu drinks that became not so secret but you know it was a fun like not everybody knows so you like pass it on by word of mouth and stuff like that so i always love that about the disneyland culture having those secret things all right so what else yeah. what else did you experience at lamplight um, they do have really cool drinks uh i they started doing dry ice stuff kind of like what universal studios sort of does with their flaming mo uh so they have like an alcoholic and non-alcoholic uh beverages that you can get with the dry ice on the bottom to make it I cool just I just want to point out that the Flaming Mo was in fact named for Rhino. <laughs> it would be <laughs> alcoholic if it was really named for me and it was not. <laughs> um, and then pretty much we just got uh, I mean we had to get an entree because we, we had to try it. Uh, I got the grilled chicken salad. Uh, since I ate all that stuff I wanted to try to be healthy. Mm. Not really. Adventurous. Uh, <laughs> and then and then Tyler got the chicken sandwich but I honestly like my grilled chicken salad it was kind of strange that was it was a grilled romaine and with like marinated tomato cucumber feta and paquillo pepper mm. uh like salad with like an olive tempanade oh and then there was like a paquillo pepper hummus around the side but it was like a deconstructed salad which was kind of strange I wish they kind of told me because I was like hoping for like a a lot of lettuce so there was like two little, um, I don't know, what are they called? Like little bunches of romaine. Yeah. Uh, and then they comes with like green goddess dressing on the top and it was good, but it, it was like really expensive. It was like $21 Jeez, and wow. I don't know if it is worth that much, but the chicken was great. I mean, it tasted fantastic, but the price point is kind of still 
hard to swallow. Um, yeah, your the sushi roll is like nineteen dollars. I'm like, get out of here. Right? Like they're they're I will say that the looking at the menu and the prices on this menu, it feels like they're trying to make it like whereas like you would just casually go there where they're trying to bump it up a level a little bit to like I don't know why, but the food better go up in quality too. Not that it was ever bad, but I'm just saying if you're paying nineteen dollars for one roll of sushi, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and yeah, and that one especially the 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 steak one especially is like not worth nineteen dollars. I mean, you could go get you could go get a full on steak somewhere for nineteen dollars. Seventeen dollars. I, mean. I just checked really quick just to be accurate. So it's seventeen dollars for the carne asada uh, roll, but it's crab and tuna rolls nineteen dollars. Jeez, I knew there I knew there was I knew there was an expensive roll on there. Yeah, there is an expensive one. But how is your chicken sandwich, Tyler? I, I I thought the chicken I was really looking forward to the chicken sandwich because it's right up my alley. It was like fried chicken with a uh, with a spicy Asian sauce on top, and then it had a sesame slaw and a uh, pineapple butter that was on the bun basically to kind of crisp it up a little bit. And I thought, wow, that sounds really good. And I got it, and it was it was good, but it was also not exactly what I was expecting. The sauce that was all over it tasted like a little bit like ketchup to me, um, which which is not what I expect when I'm thinking of like an Asian uh, kind of inspired, you know, fried chicken thing. I, I, it, I think that maybe the problem was it had too much sauce on it. I think if they kind of took some of that sauce off, it would have been better. But I mean, it I, it's huge, and I think that's one of the better values actually. Um, that you can get uh, as far as entrees. And it, it came with malted fries, which were really delicious. Um, they were nice and crispy, and they had, you know, a salty flavor to them. And, you know, when I say malted fries, it's not like, oh, it just tastes like malted vinegar. It was just like a very slight taste of malted uh, vinegar. So um, I really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, so, but oh, then the last thing, go ahead. The last thing we ended up getting uh, was. And this is the only dessert they have. They only have one dessert on the entire menu was the donuts. And that comes with a raspberry popping sauce and a chocolate hazelnut sauce. And the raspberry popping sauce was interesting. It was very tart. It was not it was not right. It wasn't really up my alley, but it had they call it popping sauce because you put it in your mouth and all of a sudden you feel like the sensation of pop rocks like you can feel this little popping sensation happening hmm. uh, all over your tongue. And, and this stuff. is, so that was you're, kind of fun. you're saying this is the only dessert item on the menu. Yeah. That's the only dessert item on the menu for now. What's that about? Uh, I don't know. I, I think honestly they're struggling with, I, I don't believe that their kitchen is gigantic back there. Um, and I, and I think that, I mean, it's funny when I was talking to uh, chef John, who's like the culinary director of California adventure, he was, he was already kind of, biting at the bit to come up with new menu items. Like I could tell that he wanted to keep this thing moving and he wants the menu to change over time. That's cool. But but he wanted but he was, you know, specifying that like, oh, we did what we could with with our kitchen. You know, we have like we have definitely some ideas that we just need to expand for, change the kitchen around for. Mm. So So overall overall how much did it cost and do you think it was worth it? We didn't have a. We could. I mean, we. I can add it up really quick. Yeah, because uh, Disney they didn't gave them the food. Oh, that's right. This was this was yeah. done. This was done comped by Disney because it was yeah. part of an event. Okay, never mind. Then we'll do a proper review of it. But it was a, um, it was a lot. <laughs> but looking at the price point of the individual items, um, 
for what you got and what you walked away feeling worth it, not worth it? Uh, I think the hesitation think speaks volumes. <laughs> I, I I think it's worth it drink wise. I'm I I feel like I would just stick to wine. They're mix some of their mixed drinks seem very fruity. Uh not very strong if that's what you want. Mm. But honestly, just to get down there and see all of the cool uh memorabilia that they have around the area and then just even like just sit outside and relax by the waterfront, uh, this is the only place to do it. And they they have great bites, and you know I I kind of want to try their hamburger. It sounds really good, uh, so uh, I definitely will go back to try it. All yeah, right. I mean we were, we ended up getting way more food than we could eat because they just were giving it to us. So I'm, I mean I would never go there and order all that food because for two people that would probably be close to two hundred dollars. Um, but I I think. I think if you get one appetizer and share it amongst your friends and, and, you know, an entree and maybe a couple drinks, I think it could be worth it. But I mean, the thing to remember is that it, you, the environment is really amazing. I mean, it, they've really turned it, they call it lamplight lounge and that's what it feels like. It feels like a lounge. There are, you know, couches and there's like nice, you know, low tables that, you know, you're, you feel like you're sitting in a living room almost in some of these places. Um, you know, of course they just have the regular, you know, tables uh, set up for, you know, that you would have at any dining room. But it's nice to see like the relaxing areas and, and the and the the patio has all these fireplaces across it now so that, you know, the tables have fire pits in the middle of them. And mm -hmm. it's just like a really cool environment. And yeah. and I think that if I'm not sure if they're going to do it, but if if you could sit out there while World of Color is going on and like eat some Oh, yeah, that sounds real good. Uh, <laughs> Seem to have I lost mean, Tyler. What time? I've, I don't remember what time the World of Colors starts, but I know they make reservations until 9 o'clock. So you're, I feel like you're bound to watch World of Color, mm -hmm. but just to see how long the bar is, it's, just, it's really neat, but they said that the bar area is not open seating. Like You have to make a reservation, and they're going to sit you at the bar. Uh, so that was kind of weird how, how some of the seating arrangements are, are going to be. So if I don't think they're going to, if you have a reservation for four, they're going to put you at the bar top, but even sometimes for like a dining for two people, they were going to put Tyler and I side by side. And then we kind of like asked them to let us sit at a table for two. So we're sitting across from each other, but, uh, just be warned that you're, you're, if you're doing two people or something, you're probably going to get the bar. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm yeah. I'm I'm excited to check it out while I'm out there next week, it's and we will talk. Good. We will talk more about it and be able to do a proper review on our on our next show or the show after that. Will depend depending on how much post production work we get done. Um, <laughs> all right, so thank you for that update on Pixar Pier. Um, let's move on, and um, I understand some new mugs have come to Trader Sam's, and I want to make sure I'm explaining this for folks. That may not be familiar. Uh, Trader Sam's is the bar at uh, at the Disneyland Hotel. <clears throat> and our Trader Sam's is based on theirs. Uh, the one that we have at the Polynesian, theirs is much better. Much better. Uh, ours is larger, but it lacks, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Charm? I don't um, know. Intimacy? <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I, I prefer theirs much, much more. 
But um, they do these specialty mugs that you can buy uh, with certain drinks. You can also buy them standalone. You don't have to buy the drink. Um, you have to buy the drink with these. at the Well, at the moment, they're sold out. Uh, they're going to be coming back. I always, think though. Kind of... This is always the case with these mugs. They come out with a new one. Uh, it's old. But, they're but they're making really you buy the, they're, they're, they're making you <laughs> I buy. I do have them. They're making you buy the drink, though. Is that what you're they're saying? They're making you buy the drink. So I'll show you the first one, the Oa. So on each side is the Tiki Drummer. I don't know if you can see. Is it mm-hmm. yeah, too Yeah, shiny? we can see it. No, I can see so each side has the tiki drummer, and then on the corners they have the the tiki totem poles. So and it's really neat. And then like the cinnamon, you could put the cinnamon on each corner. Well, explain uh, to people. Ex- edition, explain to people that so have never seen it. Explain to people that have never seen it what you're talking okay. about with the cinnamon. So Aoa is, uh, I've, I forgot what's in it now, but uh, a lot of stuff. It's I a big I, drink. It's a two-person it's a, mixed it's drink. Per, two-person drink. I wonder if I have. I can pull up a menu really well, quick. Well, so, okay. So if you want to look for the menu, I'll tell you about the cinnamon stuff. So it, yeah. uh, what happens is, is it's got like, um, I, I, they don't have them in this okay. part of the country, but in the north they have like scorpion bowls, stuff like that. And there's a piece in the center and it's lit on fire. And um, and you have cinnamon in each one of those uh, corners of the bowl and you grab it and you like throw the cinnamon at the fire and it makes like, it turns the flame like blue Sparks. and adds this like, yeah, this effect or whatever. But did you find the menu, Katrina? So it has light and dark rums, orange, passion fruit, guava, pineapple, grapefruit juices, falernum, cinnamon, and fresh lime juice. So pretty much they mix everything inside, and then they put uh, like a lime up on top with a couple sugar cubes, and then they put like a like a really, I don't know, like kind of like Bacardi, some kind of like rum on top, and they light it on fire. And then like Rena was saying, you throw the cinnamon uh, on it and it creates sparks and then everybody's chanting around you and you get so caught up in the whole thing. Uh, but this is a two person drink. So when you mm. order this, Maybe. it's fifty eight dollars with the with the what? drink fifty eight dollars. It used fifty eight dollars. Was it always that expensive? Price. No. No. They've no. raised the prices recently. They raised the prices and then to get it, I when Tyler and I went, we wanted the Aoa and the Piranha Pool. Uh, but we had to drink the Aoa first with two people in order to order another drink. So I can't oh, order a drink really? and Tyler can't order a drink. Wow. Uh, we have to finish this first Question. and then get the Prana Pool. Do you have to definitely have two people in order to order that drink or is it just recommended two people? Because there are drinks here like uh, that some do require the other person, but I think I could just order an Aoa myself and have it. And also they were only $40 with the mug. The drink was $20.00. Here in Orlando, when you guys were here two weeks ago, it was $20, and with the mug, it was $40. So, mm. like, even with, like, the tip and everything, it was still less than what that base thing is now. That's I mean, like, it's a really cool – that's a really cool mug. Well, and I it mean. is my favorite drink, I think, too, on the menu. So, it is, <laughs> it, it is, I feel it's like worth they it, would, I feel like. But. They might need you to have two people. I'm not sure what their rules are okay. uh, at, our, at our side um, because I, – I don't know. But um, – We've but never really tried neat. to order it solo. We so. never tried to order it by ourselves. I mean, I guess we could have tried when we were there, <laughs> but they already knew we were together. <laughs> but uh, and then the next one is the piranha pool. Look at this. Arr. Oh my god, that's so, awesome! I like that one. This is pretty much um, just like a piranha. It's like a piranha facing upwards for everybody that can't see it. But and just the teeth alone are like frightening. I don't know if you can get a good look at that, oh, yeah. but. 
this is a mixed, like a pre-mixed slushy drink. And it's strawberry vodka blended with pineapple juice, cream of coconut, strawberry puree, and blue curacao. And when Tyler and I were talking about it, it it's kind of strange that they made it uh, like they're not see-through because yeah. the piranha pool was kind of blue and then with hints of red in it, kind of like, you know, if you're attacked by a piranha in a pool. Uh, but now you can't see it because it's in a piranha. Oh, but that's the, that's one maybe arguably the coolest mug I've seen. Yeah, I what they put out. I would say that's definitely the coolest one they've come out with in a long time. And how much was that one? This one was thirty-seven dollars with the drink. You have to buy the drink with this mm. one too. Wow. Yeah, but very cool. <laughs> Those they are... have definitely upped the game on the mugs, and I think they're going to continue to do so. But. With upping their game, they're upping the prices as well. I mean, they know that people want this stuff. People line up for this stuff. So it's and again, just, and, uh, and they sell out. It, it's so often when they come out with something new, it's impossible to get. And you've got to wait months to find one of these. Yeah. Uh, currently, right now, all they have is the shipwreck barrel for Trader Sam's Boo. to purchase. I know. <laughs> they didn't have any uh, while we were out there, though, because they they were saying like they had been sold out for a while and stuff. So I'm surprised that when they got these two new ones, they didn't get a whole bunch more. So that's unfortunate. Isn't that strange? Yeah. You would assume that it's such a popular thing. I don't know if it's the person that was making it, like the the company that was making them, uh, only could do a certain amount uh, before they ha they could do the next batch. But if I was Disney, I would make them like a whole bunch. No, it's about yeah. creating demand. It's all about creating yeah. demand. And by creating demand for these in the beginning, you know, everybody's like, oh, we have to hurry up and get one. And it drives it drives that foot traffic. And then, you know, people want what they can't have. And yeah, so it kind of creates that demand, which keeps that place, among other things, keeps that place really busy. So, all right. I was hoping that they would have it for summer for people like the tourists and stuff that are like staying at the Disney hotel. I was hoping that they would have them for the summer. So who knows when they're going to come back? They won't really say until you see it on like social media. Right. But. Right. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our final piece for today. We're going to talk about the differences between Max Pass at Disneyland and Fast Pass Plus here at uh, Disney World. Um, I will tell you now. I am a huge fan of Max Pass at Disneyland over our Fast Pass Plus, uh, but there are some there are some important differences. Um, now Disneyland, for those who are not familiar, Disneyland still kind of uses that legacy Fast Pass system that we used to have here with the machines. You put your ticket in, you get a little, you get a paper Fast Pass. Uh, they still they still use that system out in Disneyland. This was something they added on that was basically more of a convenience that you didn't have to go running to the the attractions to get your fast pass. So for $10 per day per person, you can add Max Pass to your ticket. With that, you're able to go on through the Disneyland app and then make your fast passes right then and there. Um, but it's a $10 a day cost. It can only be done when you're in the park. This cannot be done in advance. So for example, out here, um, you know, we've got that, that 60 day window to make our, our fast passes. Um, and, but you know, we're limited to, uh, three advanced passes 
uh, per day. And then once we're in the park and we've used our fast passes, we're, we can then book the next one. Uh, with, with this, it's a little different. You, can't, you have to wait until you're in the park. Um, but that also creates, I think, it creates more of a level. Well, it's like it's it feels like it's more first come first serve. So my issue with the the advanced reservations here is that people could just decide day of they don't want to show up for them, you know, and they don't release them or they don't whatever. So it's just a waste. And you know, that's I guess the case could be here too. But at least it's more fair game because I've always liked it better that you have to enter the park because it's it is first come first serve. I feel like that's what it should be. The whole idea of Fast Pass was that it was a marker that you could essentially wait in two attraction lines at once. So it was like, here's my place for this ride. I'm going to go ride another attraction that has like a zero minute wait, you know? Um, also the max pass for that $10 a day fee does give you, um, all your photo pass and ride attractions, um, for free there. Well, not for free. You paid $10 for them, but any, any on ride attraction or any, um, photo pass person, that photo is included and you can download it. Um, so I think that's worth it right there because those pictures are like one photo pass picture printed out at the end of the day is like 15, somewhere between 15 to $20. And so, um, I like that. I do like first come first serve. And the second you go into one park, it's activated for both parks. So you can go back and forth. And like Pete said, it, it is in that legacy guideline. So it's not necessarily what time the fast pass is for. It just is a certain amount of time in between when you can get the next one. So I could go in California Venture, get a Guardians of the Galaxy fast pass at like 10 a.m. That's not good for like until like four. But I can make another fast pass starting at like 1130. And... I feel like then we've done this so many times now, like every day I am probably experiencing at least seven to eight attractions. There's never been a day yeah. where I've left and been like, I didn't get to do everything I and wanted to do. Exactly. And I've, I've not had the experience yet, but I think Tyler and Katrina may have a different ex experience. Uh, I've not had an experience yet where there wasn't an attraction I wasn't able to get a fast pass for uh, that offered fast pass. Um, what, what do you guys, what do you guys say? Yeah, I mean, definitely later at later in the day, like at night, you you may not be able to find the fast passes you want, but for the most part, there are tons of fast passes available, and I think that when you get max pass, you even get preferred times as opposed to just getting those uh, legacy tickets. So if you end up going to one of the paper uh, dispensers, one of the paper ticket dispensers, that is more likely to be later in the day than yeah. than your max pass will be. And, 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 and honestly, like Katrina went with her brother uh, recently and they knocked out like all of Disneyland. Well, all the important, you know, really important, awesome rides at Disneyland. They knocked them all out, you know, at, by 11 o'clock because it was just one after another. They made a fast pass. They got right on the ride like within 10 minutes. And then right after you go on the ride, you can make another fast pass. So it, it, I, it really is great. What I love about fat like the max pass is it's fair because mm -hmm. you get to the park whoever's first gets the fast pass so when i went with my brother and his fiance uh i mean we were there around like nine o'clock and we got like all of the rides like all of the good rides done like the rides that i would love it within two hours and i just kept setting reminders uh in the morning it's kind of like every 20 minutes you can get a, a max pass and un and unlike the fast pass plus at disney world where you have to wait within that hour span from like 10 to 11, 11 to 12 to make yeah. your, to have those fast passes, they kind of bunch them up pretty close, like within like 30 minutes or something. So you're kind of running to the next ride because you just finished 
you know, Splash Mountain and now you're running to Indiana Jones to get that fast pass done so you can make another fast pass. So, I mean, I tired them out within two hours and we got like all of the rides done. And in between, like Rhino said, you can do kind of the smaller rides over at Fantasyland that do not have a fast pass. And then you kind of do those in between as a buffer. You can knock everything out within a couple hours. Well, and I like it too that you, I, I know some people will be like, well, I want to plan out the day and I want to be able to go on this ride at this time. But it's kind of like, it's like what you said, you kind of just have to keep watching it, set yourself some reminders, things like that. And then um, I, I just, I really like how it puts everyone on the same footing, whether you're a, um, annual pass holder, day of guests, resort guests, or even a cast member, you, it's like what you said, you kind of, you have to go in the park because otherwise it's kind of like, it, it's like what I said, it's, the, it, I get that people like the benefit of being able to plan that ahead of time, but I feel like as an annual pass holder at Disney world, I always kind of get screwed. See, for me, it's, um, I think, uh, for me, for me personally, having to try and plan out what attractions and what order I'm going to want to do two months from now yeah. is a pain in the ass. Um, because we all know best laid plans. We can, we can plan out our day. We can plan. We want to do this. We want to do this. But once you get there, things may change. You're on vacation. You want the flexibility of saying, you know, you know what? Instead of doing this, I want to do this. At World, if you have all your fast passes set for the Magic Kingdom and you decide you want to go to Epcot that day instead, you got some work to do. Um, yeah. With this, yeah, it's really you know it's like okay, where are we right now? What do we want to do? And like we were saying, it's a level playing field you're working off of. Nobody's getting preferential treatment for mm -hmm. these passes, and this is the. You know, and 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 what and that's the same same is true with their legacy fast pass, but you know, for the convenience of being able to do this on your phone, and as Rhino was saying, getting photo pass kind of included with that at ten dollars a day per person. I don't know. I think that's the best forty bucks you're going to spend anywhere in well, a theme park. I also really enjoy how um, the the app seems to be a little more streamlined than my Disney experience. So it always seems like a process. Like I just did this recently with JJ that I we're trying to make fast passes together. And I'm like, I can't remember how to add somebody in here. I don't remember what my email was that I used for this one versus my Disneyland account. And it so it was like it gets it just adds stress that you don't need. Whereas the, the Disneyland max pass app, when you use the Disneyland app, if I want to go with like Katrina and, and I'm just like, Hey, I just take your ticket. I scan your ticket. And it knows enough that it's like, this ticket belongs to Katrina. Like, and so boom, she's added to the party like that. And so you can also just make a fast pass for everybody in the party. And it'll be like, Oh, Katrina already has this radiator Springs. And, fast pass, and you know? that's the other thing about how easy it is to set it up. Yeah. That you just, you know, call, you know, get the tickets of everybody in your party through the app you're scanning in their tickets it gives you the option to if it's an annual pass their name's going to show up if it's not it's, you can enter in a name and then for the rest of the day for the rest of the day you know you can go ahead and make those fast pass arrangements automatically attached to those tickets those tickets are what gets scanned when you go to the attraction or you can just scan from the app they have a barcode for each person um you know, and Katrina's the master of this because we would have like eight people and she'd have them all on her phone and she'd just go to just be swiping and, and scanning like, oh, my God, she's really fast at that. Um, <laughs> but so much easier. And 
getting Radiator Springs Racers, getting uh, Toy Story Mania, getting Guardians of the Galaxy. Which yeah, the big he, stuff. He does about 17 times a day. I do. Um, you know, relatively easy. Maybe not at the times I wanted. Maybe it's 9 o'clock in the morning and the earliest I can get my Radiator Springs is going to be 4 o'clock. But I can still get on Radiator Springs and it's happening the same day. So it's, you know, that in and of itself for me, it, it just, I really wish that was the system we used here. Well, do you think if they started, if they brought a paid system like that here, do you think that you, you'd pay for it here too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. See, well, I mean, with our passes, with our annual passes, it's included, so I don't have to pay for it when I'm out there. Yeah, it is a but nice benefit. If if Disney World offered $10 a day to be able to make my fast passes like that yeah and it was a level playing field that's the yeah. that's the big that's the big thing there and it was a level playing field in a heartbeat no problem would absolutely be worth every penny of it well because the I thing mean, you it, nobody's getting screwed in max pass because people can be like oh well if i don't pay the ten dollars i can't no you just have to do it the same way you did it without the ten dollars which is mean your original plan you go in the park find the machine go to the machine go to the other thing the ten dollars is a convenience of not having to walk back and forth and the photos are honestly it, for me just the photos alone boom there you go you exactly katrina you were gonna and say you something you can't choose the time though so that's the only bummer part is when you go on the app and you look you can't choose like oh uh you know i have a fast pass at this time but i would like it you know at 11 o'clock it's if you see it that's what you get uh, yeah. Or you can just keep checking just back roll. until you get yeah. the time you but want. Even so, though, it has the possibility of being so much more efficient than the Disney World one just for the fact that you can, like we were saying earlier, you can get a fast pass, you go on that ride 10 minutes from then, then you can make your next fast pass right then. Yeah. So you make, you're making fast passes back to back to back, whereas if you go to Disney World, you have to space them out an hour. You, they have to yeah. be an hour apart. So you can only you can do three rides. Yeah, if you can, if you can even be the most efficient at, at, at possible in in Disney World, you still have to make one for eight, then you have to make one for nine, then you have to make one for ten. So that's three hours. Whereas we could have done eight attractions at, in Disneyland in, in that three-hour period. Time. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I, I'm a planner and I love planning. So sometimes when we go to Disneyland, I just I get a little nervous because it's something like out of my hands. Like I can't pre reserve stuff. But then in my mind, I kind of like, OK, this is what I want to do today. So I'll get those done. But with, for Disney World, like we're going there in a couple weeks. And at that 60 day mark, because we're staying on Disney property, uh, I had to map out our whole week. And it was so it was stressful. I needed to find out the dining reservations that we were yeah. doing. And then the bummer part about the Fast Pass Plus is, like, we have two Fast Passes in, like, the morning, and then we have one for Slinky Dog at 8 p.m. at night. So we can't get any Fast Passes for the rest of the day. And so we do that 8 o'clock one. Yeah. At night. So I was kind of bummed. So then we have to kind of, like, hang out at Hollywood Studios, like, all day and, like, do stuff unless we want to, like, leave. But I think that's the only downfall that I see. Um, at the Fast Pass Plus. But I, I definitely, I mean, and I understand, again, I, I want to be fair that the, the logistics here in World versus Land are very, very different. It's much larger, a lot more people, a lot more attractions. So whether or not, you know, the argument could be made, you know, would Max Pass, would Max Pass work here, uh, the, you know, as well as it does in Disneyland? And I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that when we're out there 
being able to use that app is just brilliant. It is so easy, so simple, very intuitive. The app works really, I think their app, their Disneyland app works a lot better and is a lot more consistent than our yeah. our Walt Disney World app is. Personally, that's what I think. But okay, that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next week. Have a great week, everyone, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Bye.